thankful. Like this place needed something like this so bad. There's just nothing like this. And it is a very unique place. Like you come see it. You just, this is nothing like that anywhere around here. And so it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And, and you've built it and the people have come. That's and exactly the kids right. Have come. Right. That's I didn't know what to, what to expect. You know, you just throw it out there and hope for the best and figure if you're doing the right thing, do it the right way, then it'll happen. And it's, it's so far so good. Well, if somebody's out there listening, Kyle, and they're saying, Hey, I might want to, I'm interested in music. My kids express some interest. Or yep. like we said, later in life, I'm curious about that. What's right. the best way to, is it stop by, go to the website? Let me know how people can, can find out more. I would say all, all the above. The website has all the info. And, you know, it has like the, the, you know, kind of the basis of what we're doing. But I always invite people. I was like, you don't have to commit to anything. I'm, you know, I can sell it on the phone all day. But I, was like, I just want you to come in here and just check the place out and see it in action and you know, you can check out a lesson or listen to a band practice and just see the school and see how you feel about it. You know, and nine times out of ten, they walk in the door. It's just a matter of getting people in the door to see because you can talk about it all day. And people, you know, like people maybe know about the school. Like, yeah, I heard about that. I need to check it out. You just need to check it out and come come see us call or whatever. And I'll just set up a good time. It's like, come over Saturday at one or whatever it may be right. and then come in and just see it for yourself. Well, let's do a website and phone number. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Let There Be Rock GA. Dot com and of course there's a Facebook and Instagram page and then the phone number is six seven eight nine four three one 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 five. Another great business. I appreciate what you do because you're right. I think there was a need for this in the community because it wasn't here. Right. Exactly. So, so, Kyle, thanks so much for being on North Georgia Business Radio X and thanks for what you're doing. And people, check it out. Go find out. Go go explore. Go see what they're doing over there. It looks exactly. to me, from what I've seen, as outside looking in, they're having a lot of fun. It is. That bottom line, that's what it is. If you're not having fun, then move on and find something that you, know, you can have fun with. Appreciate it, Kyle. Thank you so much. Bo, our next guest is Dan Sawyer. Dan is with the PTSD Foundation of America in Atlanta. Dan, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm just super happy to be here. Okay, one thing uh, to begin with, tell us a little bit about your military service. We just came past Veterans Day, and we're talking about a military-related pro- uh, project here. Yeah. So wh- what's your own military service? Yeah, certainly. My, uh, I grew up in a military family. My father was uh, an Army surgeon, so I grew up on military bases, moving around a bunch. Um, my grandfather was uh, a veteran of both the Korean War and the Vietnam War, so military service was in my family. Uh, my senior year of high school, the attacks of September 11th happened, and uh, as many of us remember, most people who are old enough to remember, uh, there was definitely a mood in the country that you know something had to happen. You know that that there was something was going to be there was some 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 reaction was necessary. I was a teenager. I was 17. Uh, what came to my mind was my family service was military. I, I enlisted as an infantry rifleman at the age of 17, uh, and two weeks after I graduated high school. I uh, was off to right here in Georgia, Fort Benning, where the School of Infantry is. I uh, spent uh, an entire summer over there, and within two weeks of finishing, well, actually it was three weeks, 20, 26 days after finishing infantry school uh, and being in the Army for less than six months, I got my first deployment to Iraq, uh, which was 15 months in, as, a, as a rifleman in the combat zone. I spent uh, the rest of my time in the military in between Iraq and Germany uh, before getting out and going to school. My daughter is a pharmacist at a Veterans Administration Hospital, and what she would say now is, thank you for your service. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk about PTSD, the foundation that you're affiliated with. I think there's, uh, there's some knowledge our listeners would have about it. 
all of us in our lives have some type of trauma. I know I've seen people killed. I've seen fatal car wrecks. But that's not the same as having multiple experiences like that. What causes PTSD and how do you address handling it? Well, certainly. Um, you know, I, I like to, there's kind of a phrase that I, I, I kind of repeat sometimes to people when they're, they're looking at the spectrum of PTSD and whether it's military related or, or trauma, family trauma, things like this. It's not really the cause so much as it is the effect. Um, rather, there are guys that may experience multiple deployments in combat zones, death, destruction, all these things, who may never have the effects of post-traumatic stress, whereas someone else may, may be a little bit more sensitive to these things and may experience one significant trauma, and the cause um, is what we're really looking to treat, and that's a lot of uh, isolation, antisocial behavior, self-medication through drugs and alcohol, criminal behavior, uh, anger, outburst, a lot of these things that uh, avoidance is a big one. And, um, and so that's what we're trying to address us, particularly in the, in the combat veteran population. You know, one of the things, Dan, that, that really opened my eyes to just the, the wide range of ways this could show up, the PTSD, is I worked with a client for, for, for years now, and he shared a story with me. They even mind me sharing. Um, he um, was in the Marines had a 40-year career after, raised a family, and then once he retired, this stuff started showing up in his dreams and things, and that just blew my mind at how he basically lived a life and it was kind of kept down or repressed, and then it shows up and he's been having a really hard time in retirement. Yeah, certainly. Uh, that reminds me exactly of a similar experience that, that I went through personally was just that you know, I got out of the military and, and kind of suffered in silence, not really understanding what PTSD was myself. And, and certainly, you know, with a bit of machismo or not wanting to admit that anything was wrong with me, didn't really take the initiative to to really look into treatment or therapy or anything like that. And it wasn't until I had been out for almost 10 years that I, I really, you know, felt the need to really do something about it. And that's how I inevitably got involved with treatment and with the foundation. But for it to be latent um, in, in, in someone is definitely, you know, if they've got some other thing for me, it was, you know, seven years of, of higher education to distract me from, right. from my traumas. But it wasn't until that was done and I entered the professional world that, you know, really started to notice some of the causes, I mean, some of the effects of, of that trauma. Are, are there any uh, statistics or, or how? I have a feeling this is one of those things that's more prevalent than people realize out there. Well, you know, the statistic that we, that we, so the linchpin of our organization is, you know, we, we focus on military-related PTSD, and that's not to take away from PTSD in the general population, but our statistic that we go around is the, the Department of Veterans Affairs statistics that um, 22 veterans are taking their lives every day. Yeah. So um, what, we, uh, what we think is that a large part of that has to do with service-related trauma um, and then all the things that come along with that that I just spoke of. So that's, that's really the statistic that we want to change and our aim to bring that number down or eliminate it altogether. Um, that's what we're kind of hanging our hat on. Dan, when we first started talking a couple of minutes ago, we talked about the foundation. Tell us about the origin of the foundation, its purpose, and your involvement with it. Right. So the foundation um, na is a national organization, and I run the uh, the local well, pretty much all across the state of Georgia. I think you know the, the name Atlanta chapters is kind of what we use, but everyone knows that if you're two hours from Atlanta, you're Atlanta, right? In, in Georgia, so um, we're all across the state. The foundation started just over ten years ago. 
um, in Houston, Texas. And, uh, you know, a gentleman by the name of Gene Birdwell is a businessman and some other businessmen in the area wanted to address the problem that, that they were having with veterans in, in South Texas. And um, they, they found this curriculum, Combat Trauma Healing Manual, and they started hosting support groups and, and providing the, the, the infrastructure for that. And what they found is a lot of the veterans that were coming were, you know, were either living together or staying close by. They, they didn't, they, there was issues with housing, so they decided to build a house and then f- to let them live while they were going through the, these, this, uh, this curriculum of, of recovery. And then that grew, and the numbers exponentially grew, and people started coming from out of state. The VA started yeah. referring people to where now we have a full 80-bed uh, residential treatment facility. It's called Camp Hope that the foundation operates and we serve anywhere from about 150 plus veterans go through our program every year. It's a six-month residential treatment facility, and we send about 30 guys from just the state of Georgia each year to treatment. And that's my job is to find those guys where they are. A lot of them here in Gainesville, places like Lorewood and mm-hmm. and, and other uh, behavioral health facilities, um, out of the criminal justice system, they get involved with things like that, self-medicating with alcohol and drugs. We find them there, um, you know, different institutions and stuff like that, and get them into treatment. And so we've been doing this for about 10 years. We are 501c3, uh, supported by, uh, you know, corporate sponsorship and private donations. And uh, we hope to keep this rocking for some time. Well, Dan, is there, for somebody listening that says, you know what, this might be something I should pursue looking into, or, or somebody's family that says, hey, this might be a resource. Is it the one core program you were just describing, or there are multiple services that you offer absolutely so the so big part of what we of what i what i did is when i i went through the program myself a few years ago and when i came back to georgia i found that you know a big part of the program that's done in texas are these uh warrior groups and they're support groups or community groups for veterans and what we try to do is bring that here to georgia so right now we operate uh two locally uh, every Wednesday night, we meet at the American Legion in Gainesville, here in Gainesville, Georgia. And then every Monday night at 7, we meet at the VFW in Lawrenceville. And so this is an easy way for anyone in the North Georgia area, if they want to get the same uh, level of, of involvement and community from the organization that they would in, uh, in, in, in if they you know, had to go through a residential treatment in Texas, that we would uh, that they can do through our through our local groups here, and we've gone on a lot of trips together. We take these guys on fishing trips. We do a lot of outings, kayaking trips, things like that, and it's really changed a lot of guys' lives. I know for a fact, and uh, just that peer-based support of giving back a sense of tribe that was lost when guys got out of the military. And that was a big part of you know of what kept us going is each other, and that's something that's lost when you get out. And we're trying to recreate that in the population here in Gainesville and, and across the state of Georgia. It's amazing, Bill, how how themes we talked about. Kyle, these kids finding a community. We're talking about these guys and ladies reconnecting a community. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's just it's it's such an integral part of you know. There's 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 this idea of 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 being together and and a trauma having less of effect when it's when people are traumatized together or people share a trauma a background of trauma. I think another thing too, Bo, that that I see happening here is that here are two individuals who saw a need, mm-hmm. what we could call a felt need. And they, they've realized that nobody was meeting that need. So why not me? That's right. A personal experience, right? Each had a personal experience. Kyle said, this was something I wish I had, right? Dan said, this is something I went through and they're using it to help others. And I love that. And that's, that's what I find with a lot of our organizations and businesses is they're actually giving back in our community. Dan, one question. When 
someone goes in the six-month residential program, when they get out, uh, is there any help that's offered to them by the foundation in uh, pursuing a, a meaningful profession, career, job? So absolutely, yes. Yeah. So that's a great question. And one of the things I just came from before coming to this um, this you know broadcast today, I was just at um, the Goodwill Career Center at a job fair. And so myself and two other individuals are full-time employees at the foundation here in Georgia, just in the state of Georgia. And uh, it's our job to make sure that we're at those job fairs and we're at those community resource events so that uh, I'm getting the cards. It's basically like me going to the job fairs for the guys. And so when I find a guy that says, hey, I have a background in diesel mechanic, for instance, I say, hey, I just met this guy at the job fair. And what I would tell anyone is, 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 is getting involved in our groups or even our treatment. The level of which you choose to get involved as a veteran is, is, is completely up to you. But whether you get involved just by coming to groups on Wednesday night or if you feel that a, the longer term uh, option is what you need, that it's that it's potentially a lifelong commitment if you want it to be you're a part of our group you're a part of our tribe you're a part of our family and when one of us has a problem then all of us have a problem that we need to fix including finding a job finding stable housing all of these things it's a shared effort well dan so running a foundation and providing the services you described there's a lot of work involved so what does a what does a week look like for you and your team and and what what all goes on because i know it's a lot right so um yeah my side as the as the manager of the of the foundation here in Georgia is is kind of fielding all those. So we we, we operate a twenty four hour crisis line, and it's we share that with the rest of the country for our foundation. And when someone a veteran in crisis calls that line, who whichever whichever state or locality is is closest to them needs to respond in person. So luckily, you know that's just a couple times a month where we have to send someone. But that's one of my employees I have to send to the location to put hands on that veteran and make sure that we have op- give them options. And then the other part is outreach, right? So we operate this, you know, very large treatment center that's run through as a nonprofit. And we don't have uh, an, an advertising budget to let the veteran know. And so our biggest hurdle to finding the combat veteran and get them into treatment is that they don't know we exist. And so doing things like this, going to Chamber of Commerce events, um, doing Rotary Clubs, Kiwanis Clubs, letting the community know that we're here, uh, doing outreach at the hospitals is the biggest part of my job, uh, is just to make sure that no veteran continues to suffer for lack of knowledge that the foundation is an option for them. So you would welcome opportunities to tell your story. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I just did that yesterday at Gwinnett Technical College and for ve- their Veterans Day program. And it's um, it's myself and one of our other employees, we, we have very, uh, very interesting stories to tell i think people get a kick out of that so bo anybody who is listening who's a member of a club or an organization Mm -hmm. that would welcome dan uh, be sure and get in touch with him well you know i think everybody has has at least a family member or somebody within reach in the military and if they believe in in this good work you're doing i mean that's the question is there's got to be roles and and jobs and things you need from volunteers i'm imagining how do people get involved if they say you know what that's impacted me or i believe in that how can i help 
Yes. Uh, so there's multiple levels. If there's actual a, a veteran who wants to volunteer with us, that's the big one we're looking for because mm-hmm. we provide uh, one of the big things we work with is veterans treatment courts. If you're not familiar with those, those are diversionary programs for a veteran that might get in trouble with the law. So we provide mentors now for five counties oh. that uh, each veteran who goes through a program like that needs a mentor to help them go through the process. And so they need to be a veteran. So we're always looking for volunteers to help us with that. And then also, you know, helping us, we, we do meals for the guys that come to our weekly groups. If anyone interested in helping us provide some meals, you know, potluck style once a week, mm-hmm. it's only about 10 to 20 guys that show up at these groups, but we're more than happy to uh, take anything that's offered. Well, how do we get a hold of you or, or find out if we wanted to participate or, or somebody might need a little help? Yeah, absolutely. Please. Um, so the email address, mine is dan, D-A-N dot S-O-L-L-A at ptsdusa.org. You can find all the contact information if you go to ptsdusa.org and look under the outreach chapters and just click the Atlanta tab. My contact information's on there. Um, they can get in contact with me through the website. Uh, at any time, I'm available to them. Well, Dan Sawyer, thank you so much for the important work you're doing in our community to address PTSD through the foundation. And thanks for being on North Georgia Business Radio X. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Kyle Sanders, thanks for the for the work you're doing with the kids and the individuals in our community at Let There Be Rock School. Right on, man. And providing that need that's needed. Now, Dr. Bill, another great show. I learned some stuff. Yes, I did too. Well, let's next time, we'll be here, same time, same place, right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. That was excellent, guys.